We are not a perfect country, and we don't claim to be. You're going to see less terrorism if you have more religious freedom. Give me another country that pushes religious freedom more than the United States but this, does. But Who has ever held a ministerial on religious freedom before this one? Has anybody? Donald Trump may not be known as a champion of human rights, but there's one in particular that's caught his attention, the right to worship freely. My guest this week here in Washington is Sam Brownback, ambassador for international religious freedom. Is Donald Trump trying to hijack religion for political purposes? Ambassador Sam Brownback, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you. The U.S. recently held what was billed as the world's largest meeting on religious freedom, international religious freedom. Delegates were welcomed by the same Donald Trump who said in 2016, I think Islam hates us. And when he became president a year later, moved to bar the citizens of several Muslim majority countries from entering the U.S. How does that help your campaign for religious freedom? I, I see it all as, um, as something for us that religious freedom is specifically a right of everybody everywhere all the time and what he's primarily discussing are immigration issues. But this you couldn't even convince issue. your own party of that. I mean there were people like John McCain, the late John McCain, Lindsey Graham who were horrified by the statement said this executive order sends a signal intended or not that America does not want Muslims coming into this country. And you can go to any state in the United States and you have mosques uh, that are there and if you want to open up one yourself you can do it and the, the point of what we were talking about when I was talking about here is international religious freedom uh, and that is guaranteed here in the United States and if you can't practice it in the United States you're well placed to bring any lawsuit that you would choose and to declare and to put forward that you have a First Amendment right in the United States to do this and by the way we're not a perfect country and we don't claim to be but we are one that do, we do believe in these rights, these fundamental rights like religious freedom. We do practice them and we have problems and they end up in the court system. But we're going to continue to push these rights every chance and every place we can. But the policy was condemned widely um, by religious groups, including the Jewish community. The policy of barring people from Muslim majority countries was the, the American Jewish World Service called it nothing less than a xenophobic Muslim ban, the intent of which has been made clear by President Trump through multiple anti-Muslim statements over several years. It, do, it doesn't help your cause to be promoting international religious freedom when you get responses like that, does it? I don't, I don't care for those responses. But I also would stand for all of those people's rights to save those into it, those things that they do. And I would stand for their rights to practice religious freedom in the United States. I, I think you are conflating two separate issues. I, I think you're bringing in, my opinion of what you're putting forward here, an immigration issue, which there are substantial questions about immigration. And there's a lot of dispute and debate about U.S. immigration policy, legitimate discussion. Uh, to have. But what I'm talking about is a fundamental right to religious freedom, to where there really isn't, I don't think, that much dispute that individuals in the United States are all entitled to this fundamental right to practice their faith, or no faith at all, 
freely but, but and be protected to do it. But various arms by things which, which Donald Trump has said. We were talking yes, about, about Jews, the president's statement last month to them, that if you vote for a Democrat, you're being disloyal to Jewish people, you're being very disloyal to Israel. Since when is it the business of a political leader to comment on the political views of a particular religion? It caused outrage. Yeah, you know, my position in work is ambassador of religious freedom, uh, and that's what I comment on. That's the lane that I'm in. Uh, and that's what I'm going to comment on, uh, on your program or really on Do you any buy others. into those views that if you vote for a Democrat, you're being disloyal to Jewish people? I'm not going to comment on those one way or the other. I've got enough work to do in this job on religious freedom. And anything you want to talk about on religious freedom, I'm happy to discuss. Ambassador Brambach, you said that you saw pushing for religious freedom as a way to promote other rights. You said if we get it right, you're going to get more freedom of assembly, there's going to be more press freedom, there's going to be more free speech taking place. You said that in July. Yes. fact is, when you drill down, there's little or no evidence for that, is there? Oh, I, do, I do dispute that completely. If you, if you look at this issue on religious freedom, which has been declining and contracting around the world the last 10 years in particular, you see these other rights declining and retracting. Often religious freedom or the persecution of people of faith is one of those first issues that happens that gets manipulated the most, the earliest. And you can see countries that really honor religious freedom tend to be ones that also honor First Amendment rights of free speech and of assembly. You can also see there's a couple other correlations on this. I, I, I appreciate the question. There are other couple of correlations that I think you'd be interested in. One is you're going to see less terrorism if you have more religious freedom, and there is factual basis for that, as there are for these others. And you're going to find more economic growth if you get more religious freedom. This is, that's why we talk about this in this sort of foundational sense. But in July, you looked at the United Arab Emirates, which you singled out as being one of the good countries. They hosted, you said, the first ever papal visit on the Arabian Peninsula, and they've been stepping up and doing a lot more. So you gave yes. them a gold star for that. This is a state which arbitrarily detains and forcibly disappears individuals who criticize the authorities. You made no mention of that when you were giving them the gold star, did you? I didn't of those additional things. But I also those think are pretty gotta, fundamental things, aren't they? They are. They are. But also, there is I the mean, shred you're, of you're, press freedom. There is well, okay, the shred of democracy what did in you that think, country. What did you think of the papal visit for the first time in the history of mankind to the Arabian Peninsula? What did you think what of you that? Think, did you cover it? What do you think that no, meant? Well, what do you no, think, I mean, though? What do you think, what do you that, think about that? Uh, people aren't interested in my views. Well, yes, they are. My I'm, goodness, you're putting them forward right now. What do I you mean, think the people I mean, who are but, put but in jail at, for their views thought about it? Well, do you think bet, that comforted them? Well, let's, let's talk about what happened. Let's, let's talk about, you, you have a papal visit on the Arabian Peninsula that's never happened in the history of mankind. Do you think that's significant? And that somehow blocks out people, all the human rights abuses let me, that let me, they are guilty Let me finish of? the thought. Let me finish the thought. If you won't answer my question, I'll finish my Please. thought here. That, that what you're doing is you're starting now to open up in an Arabian Peninsula area that hasn't had these freedoms put forward before, that hasn't had a papal visit ever happen before, that starts to talk about some of these rights. And my job that I see is one that you're always trying to move people along. And it's not and talking about not, free speech. But, it's but not nobody, talking about democracy. 
Well, let me there finish the thought here. Of it, is there? Let me let me finish this thought here. What you're trying to do is to get these countries to move on forward, and that you hope that as you move them forward on these things, that they will intend to engage more people that have a broader set of thoughts, and that you can get to more of these but issues. But there's no sign they're going to do that. The ruler of the UAE, his sixth wife, is holed up in London, having run away from him, terrified that she'll be kidnapped, like two of his daughters were when they tried to get away. That's who you're dealing with. He's got no intention of changing and being becoming a democratic state. And you would. And this is one of the good say, countries you named. Well, this is one that held a papal visit. This is one that I went to mass there in that country. My biggest problem in getting to mass was the traffic. I wasn't blocked from going there. That's not true in a number of Islamic countries where I visited, and you don't have the degree of ability to move around. They are not a perfect nation, and they have many things they need to improve upon. But on Just religious as freedom, we do. On religious freedom, the government chooses and vets all the imams, issues weekly guidance for the Friday prayer sermons, even informal Islamic teaching has to be approved by the government. Is that religious freedom? Is how that would worth you, the how gold you, star you gave I them? didn't put a gold star on You said they were one this. of the good ones. I did. Why don't you compare them to what the Saudis do? Uh, we'll what do you to, think about? We'll come to the well, Saudis well, a bit well, later. Let's talk about the Saudis. We'll come to the Saudis a bit later. Well, no, but, but let's you talk never about think how discouraging what, it must be. What, well, what, did you ever think about how do you ever improve a situation? Do you just say we're going to stand back and we're going to condemn completely and all the time, and you guys aren't doing enough, and we're not going to talk or work with you. But is or this, is this do you the try right to way? engage? Is this the right way? Michael Abramovitz, then, the president of what, Freedom what's House. What's your way to do it? Well, Michael Abramovitz, president of Freedom House, said the U.S. cannot effectively promote individual liberty, human equality, or democracy by narrowing the definition of human rights to exclude broad categories of rights or people. And your focus on international religious freedom excludes democracy, free press, free courts, things like that, doesn't it? So the Obama years, this was being done much better and progress was I being made more. That. Well, I yes, you that. have. You just, I you're didn't just say anything saying about that Obama. The, that, no, you're just saying that uh, the, the way of just saying we're going to stand back and be critical and we're not going to engage is a much better way to go. You're quoting an individual that's saying that that's the way to do it. I choose to believe, and I've been around and working on these issues for a few years. I carried the original International Religious Freedom Bill. I was one of the key sponsors of that, and a Democrat administration that didn't want to really see this become law. And since then, we've continued to put these reports forward, and we've continued to work on this topic. And I think without those sorts of efforts, you wouldn't see, you'd, you'd see further backsliding than we are today. But Ambassador, did you and never so think... And so I think these are key things that we try to push this on forward. Yeah, let me tell you what a Baha'i individual told me. Uh, that he was Please in this country. Because I want to get through quite a lot of okay. stuff. Well, I mean, you want to fight, so let's, no, uh, let's discuss. Fight. Yes, I, you do, sir. I, you I don't want to hear about what direct ways we want to go at this. I do. I want to hear how you explain away this single minded focus on well, international religious freedom and ask you how discouraging you think that might be to human rights victims in. Because you are United Arab you're, you're, Emirates, you're a for instance. very bright man, and you've interviewed many people much brighter than me over a long period of a very successful career, and I applaud that. You know then that I have a certain statutory authority. The position I am in is a statutorily created position, and it has a narrow mandate.
And that narrow mandate is on religious freedom. And it's on every country in the world except one, which is the United States. And it's not on the United States because this is a very robust and difficult debate in the United States. And we wanted to keep a bipartisan support for this topic. But we I, need more I understand. If you take Egypt, for instance, where Donald Trump said in April that President al-Sisi was doing a great job and was a great president. The question is, what's so great about ignoring the escalating campaign of intimidation, the violence and arrests against political activists, many others who voice criticism? In April, 17 senators, including James Risch, the Republican chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, drew attention to what they called serious concern about the erosion of political and human rights in Egypt. But you think they're doing great. Your boss. Mr. Pompeo thinks they're doing great. Why? How do you think he compares to President Morsi when he was in as Egyptian, the leader of Egypt? How do you think Sisi compares? He has tried and tortured more people than Morsi did. Do you think Sisi is worse? Tried you think Sisi is worse than Morsi? Do you not think torture is worse no, than Morsi? No, no, I'm asking Morsi you. Did? Morsi didn't go around Cairo murdering babies, did so he? So he's the head of the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. uh, he, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, is not that strongly reputable of a group, but you would rather have them in than Sisi. I'd rather have. Uh, is that true? Not, I'd rather have people not being praised who subject their citizens to industrial degrees of torture, yeah. And, okay, so Morsi and the man who was Sisi responsible, is. well, Mr. Al-Sisi was responsible, as Human Rights Watch said, in 2013, for one of the largest single-day massacres in modern times in a city, for which nobody has ever been held responsible. Somewhere between 400 and 800 people died did indiscriminate killing by Egyptian forces. Morsi didn't do that. I think there would be a variance of opinion of believing that the Muslim Brotherhood being in power in Egypt is better than Sisi being in power. Now, I do not claim, I don't think anybody in this administration would, that Sisi is perfect or near perfect by any means. But you've heaped praise on him. And I think that ones would, that there would be criticism and that there has been criticism and that there will be criticism. But there, I also believe there are people trying to work with this government in Egypt, saying this is a major player in the Middle East and it's somebody that we need to work with. Same ways when I was in the Senate, I worked a lot with uh, Hosni Mubarak and President Mubarak had a lot of problems and he did a lot of things that were highly questionable. But you're still saying, okay, then what's the alternative? And is it the Muslim Brotherhood? Yes, that's the alternative. Well, I don't think that's the right way to go. In January, Secretary of State Pompeo was in Cairo. He too was heaping praise on Mr. al-Sisi. He said he's really taken to heart the ideal of religious freedom and he's done so with great power and great courage and he is to be lauded for that. The facts are rather different when it comes to religious freedom in Egypt, aren't they? Egyptian Christians who are the largest no, community would, in the uh, Middle East live in a minefield of of legal and social discrimination. You know, now I, and maybe you meet with more people that are dealing with religious issues in Egypt than I do. I doubt it, but I've met with a number of people uh, that are practicing people of faith, minority faiths in Egypt. And here's what they tell me. 
that this is much better under the Sisi government than it has been, even though you would prefer the Muslim Brotherhood, they do not. There is communal violence that's taking place, and it is very discouraging. They are very appreciative of the signals that President Sisi is sending from on top and, uh, top and trying to push. They very much appreciate him dedicating and opening up a church because of the signals that it sends. They are not appreciative Churches of the things Churches are being closed that, as well under well, him. Well, uh, let me finish this point, mm -hmm. if I could, with you. They appreciate some of that. Now, I look at it and I see a lot of problems that are taking place. I'm just telling you, these are, these are not the sort of thing where you, you pit the perfect against what you have right now. This is the sort of situation where you say, this is, it's either candidate A or candidate B within this. And they would rather have the current situation than what they had. But not if you're that praising right. them for respecting religious freedom, it would be nice if they were. Fourteen churches were shut down by the authorities between September 2016 and April 2018, with Coptic Christians denied access to them and prayer services prohibited. In one village south of Cairo, they've been waiting since 2001 to have a church, and last December they were attacked by Muslims with stones. No one was held responsible, and the Christians have had to suspend all their prayers. Yeah, and all those things ought to be addressed. And we put those sort of issues get, but, in our report. But they got a gold star from and the no, Secretary of State. They did not get a gold star. He didn't say, I give you a gold star. No, he and said, did you did you look at our report, our religious freedom report mm -hmm, that the mm -hmm. secretary issued on Egypt? He said, and it cites a number of these problematic things that are taking place. But he said he's place. really taken to heart the ideal of religious freedom, and he's done so with great power and great courage, and he is to be lauded for that. That's what he did say. He also put out that report. Did you look at the report? Which, which very few people read. I would dispute that. Within the religious, religious freedom community, this is the gold standard, to use your terminology. This is the gold standard on religious freedom. The Secretary of State issued that report. He signed it. He cited it. He put it forward, and he stands by it. Ambassador, let's talk about yeah, the... I think you should look at that report, Ambassador, too, let's talk about the U.S. attitude to human rights, because this you, is, this tell, is much as me, anything well, else where, has what changed con, what under country President Trump. pushes religious freedom any more than the United States? What about all the other fundamental rights? Well, I'm asking you this one because this is the one I work on, and you asked to interview me, and this is the one I know. But the fact but is... Give me another is, country. Is that... I, as, Give me another country that pushes religious freedom more than the United States but this, does. But Who has ever held a ministerial on religious freedom before this one? Has anybody? I would suggest to you there's not been a single nation before this held a, a ministerial on religious freedom. We not only held one, we held this two. Is, but this is an we administration. We brought a thousand people from around the world. Ambassador, here. I understand but, that. But no, but you tell me a nation that's better than us on religious freedom, sir. Ambassador. Give I'm, me not one. Talking about, I'm not talking about Give religious me a, freedom. China? Do you think I'm, China I'm not, is better on religious freedom than us? I'm not talking about religious freedom. But I, I, that's what I, I address, what sir. You're saying. But this is an administration <laughs> that has basically said goodbye to human rights diplomacy, hasn't it? No, it has not, sir. Rex, Til Rex Tillerson is said Is religious so. freedom a human right? Rex Tillerson, Trump's sir? first Secretary of State, religious spelled it freedom? out, didn't he? No, he did not. He said too is often. Is religious he said, freedom a human right? Rex Tillerson said is it too, isn't often, it? too often promoting our values is an obstacle to advancing our other interests. In other words, 
done, let's let human rights get in the way of a good trade deal. It, may I submit to you that religious freedom is a human right? It's in the First Amendment but of the United States. But it's not the only one, is it? Well, but you, you won't even admit it's a human right. Will you admit it's a human right? It doesn't matter what I admit. <laughs> you agreed to answer questions. I agreed to come here and ask them. People are interested well, in your views. They're not interested in mine. Well, I handle one area, and that's religious freedom, sir. Let's and in this area, this is a human right. It's in Section 18 of the UN Declaration of Human Rights. It is a fundamental human right. There is no nation on the earth that pushes human rights of religious freedom any more than the United States or than the Trump administration okay. does, sir. And you can't come up with a single name of Ambassador, anybody else that does. It, this it, is it's true. It's not my role to... Your last well, meeting, but it is true. Your last meeting on religious freedom coincided with the creation of a new commission this year to explore inalienable rights in U.S. foreign policy. Is that right? You've my set last up this meeting... Yeah. Is that what you're... The last meeting on religious, international religious freedom, the one you held this year. You had a new commission this year to explore inalienable rights. Yeah, that was, in announced, by the, that was announced by the secretary, but it wasn't at the ministerial, if that's what you're referring to, sir. Is, is, I don't know. No, I don't but, know it, but it came roughly to. at the same time. came no, roughly at the same time. It, these are very separate entities. But, I, I mean, you can conflate them if you want, but they're separate entities. There seems to be a growing impression that you're prioritizing religious rights at the expense of other rights. In 2016, Martin Castro, who chaired the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, wrote that religious freedom is often used as a code word for discrimination, intolerance, racism, sexism, homophobia. And that, that worry is present now, isn't it? That what? That worry, that concern is present now, isn't it? No. Religious freedom, and again, the space that I occupy is religious freedom internationally. It's not domestically. This is a fundamental right. It's a fundamental right for everybody. It exists all times, all places for everybody. And it, it doesn't impinge on other rights. It is a, just like freedom of assembly. It, do, it doesn't speech. impinge on other rights, religious freedom, here in the United States? It sets really? it, it's, if it does, a person brings a lawsuit and, and carries it on forward and they have the same rights as anybody else. This, this commission that was set up on inalienable rights has been openly, is chaired by somebody who's been openly critical of same-sex marriage. Do you want to see same-sex marriage banned in the United States? I don't have portfolio there, sir. I you have don't have authority. a view. I only have authority on international religious freedom. You'll have to interview somebody else. But at your confirmation hearing in 2017, you refused to give a direct answer when asked to state that there were no circumstances under which religious freedom could justify criminalizing, imprisoning, or executing people on the grounds of their LGBT status. Why did you not answer that question? Uh, I'm not sure at that time, but uh, we, I stand for whatever those rights are that the State Department has been uh, supporting. Uh, it supports individuals around the world on their human dignity rights. Uh, 
that, uh, and I support those as well. You don't but believe in discrimination just, on the grounds of sexual orientation? No, I don't. Uh, I, I support what State Department does in this area. The area I work in is religious freedom. But as governor of Kansas, you issued an executive order rescinding protection against employment discrimination based on sexual orientation, didn't you? I did because there was not a statute that supported it, and I thought those should be determined by statute, not by executive order. Okay. Last yeah. year, your boss, the Secretary of State... I thought you wanted State. to talk about religious freedom. That's what, that's what frustrated me. Last, last year, your boss, the Secretary of State, went as far as to suggest that Donald Trump's presidential victory could have been the result of divine intervention. Do you buy into that narrative? That's the Secretary's opinion. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to talk about uh, theology with you. I'll talk about religious freedom, but I'm not going to talk about theology with you. You don't share you. his view, or you do share his view? I'm not going to comment on it, sir. I mean, other people in the administration have said the same thing, haven't they? Sarah Sanders, until recently, the press secretary, went even further. God wanted Donald Trump to become president, she said. You can ask her about it, sir. I, I just don't have portfolio there. I mean, you're asking me questions that I don't have uh, authority to answer. You don't think this administration is in danger of just a little too much piety and self-importance about it? Claiming of holy endorsements for Donald Trump? I, I'm just not going to. I don't have portfolio there, sir. You don't have a view one way or the other? I don't have the portfolio. Right. You got it. You're gonna to have to ask the press secretary or somebody else that can respond to those questions. I, I can answer a lot of questions on religious freedom, but if you don't want to ask them, I can't answer them. Ambassador Sam Brownback, it's been good to have you on the program. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Thank you.